0: This is Brock and Salk. Brock Hewitt is
1: my hero. Jay Peter just
0: punched me in the kidney. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports. We're we going to give you a of- It not really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. It kind of does. Though. Brought to you by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Now here are your hosts, Brock Hewitt and Mike Salk. Hello! Hello. Oh, yes. Hi, Dave. Here we go. Hello. Yes. Seattle Sports on 710 and SeattleSports.com, Seattle Sports app. All those podcast platforms, wherever you might find them, that's where we are. Beautiful Peoria. Sun just <laughs> about to rise here at Mariner Spring Training. Thank Behind you to all
2: those clouds.
0: Alaska Airlines and Kitsap Credit Union for sending us down here. We had a beautiful, fun night last night. Mm. Torrential, biblical rain last night. Yeah. Biblical. <laughs> Brock, I <laughs> yes. thought we were going to need an arc to get out of that sushi restaurant. Yeah, man. that's
2: what happens when it rains in Arizona. It yes. rains. It doesn't mess around. It does not mess no, around. No, no. That was full Over on... a foot of snow in Flagstaff. Is I don't that know. true? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Getting Sheesh. dumped on. Yeah. Up there. I was over at Sun City yesterday after nine holes. I went through the lunchroom. I wanted to see those ladies you oh. saw. Hey, and, yeah, they were all talking about, can't go up to Flagstaff. So I tried to put on a little show, too. Oh. oh. Didn't really work. No. <laughs> Actually, none of that is true. Oh. <laughs> Were they holding a
0: pair of sunglasses on a fishing line? So funny. <laughs> I told you, man. I think they stole them in order yeah. to lure me back over there. So, uh, thanks for being with us. Yes, it is a little chilly. I will try my hardest to only complain off air. How's that? That'd be great. Is that a, is that a, fair, is that a fair deal? I would take that. If I don't complain on air, will other. you allow me limitless complaining off air? Ooh.
1: We'll take one for the people. Yeah, sure, it's I below. Guess. We'll, we'll it's, deal with the complaining. It's
0: below forty. <laughs> I mean, it, it is below forty degrees, and the likelihood is that's going to be the situation throughout Aren't our morning. Toasty.
1: But, Justin gave me this cool blanket he got for oh, his Austria trip.
0: That's nice. Can we share?
1: No. <laughs>
0: yeah, thanks. Appreciate that. It's, it's a really one person. Really nice. <laughs> I it's, it's nice. see the kind of team bonding that's gone on while we're down here. It's it's really great. I'm
1: uh, the lady of the show. And? I got the blanket.
0: Yeah. Man, that's just unfair. All right. Do you want to sit on my lap or vice versa? I would happily have you on my lap. Sure. <laughs> I would take your body warmth. I'm okay. in. I'm in the type of headspace oh. right now where your body warmth would be just fine.
2: Okay. okay. Don't now t- what? don't tempt me. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I don't. Okay. Know what, all right. All right. right. <laughs> fine. Okay. I would happily. Oh, you are warm. Yes. It's happening. Okay. Warm. Oh. I
0: would happily Woo. do the show like this. If you are
1: watching on the stream right now. This, <laughs> this is, is actually yeah. not yeah. terrible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All the players to- who are sitting in the cafeteria watching this, a lot of questions. What are those two lunatics doing out there today? All right, well, here's what we do have for you today. We've got three people that we're going to talk to over the course of the morning. At 6.30, Paul Seawalt. Now, we sat down with Paul yesterday. I want to be perfectly honest. I don't, want, I don't want anyone to think that we're holding out on them. We talked to Paul yesterday after, uh, after workout. He was great. He's just a great dude. So, you know, sometimes you think about, you know, star players. And Paul's kind of worked himself into being, you know, a big name anyway, certainly in Seattle. He's had a couple of really successful years as one of the better relievers in baseball. And, you know, he had to wait a couple of minutes for us to wrap some stuff up. And he's just kind of hanging out. Introducing himself to Maura. Hi, I'm Paul. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, yeah. just a just a normal good dude who happens to be able to throw a ball hard with a ridiculous spinning slider. Yeah. And so I really enjoyed our conversation. Even the
2: birds are cold. You hear them? They're extra <laughs> loud this morning. Like, what are you doing out here? Even yeah. The birds are chirping. They're thinking
0: about flying north for yes. a little while
2: just to try to warm up.
0: Uh, at 730 this morning. Hey, Oscar will join us. Oh, let me go back to Seawold for a moment because after all the conversation yesterday about Julio and his beautiful green eyes... <laughs> you know who else has nice green eyes? Paul Seawald.
2: That's
0: yeah, Kind of jumped out yeah. to me because, yeah. I don't know, maybe now I'm in a, like, looking at people's eyes. Now you eyes. got hungry eyes. Right. Yeah, yes. it's Eric Carmen over here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, Pretty I don't much. know. So, Paul Seawald. Then at 7.30, Tay Oscar Hernandez will join us.
2: Who's in the lineup today. I was looking, walking down the hallway and checking out the lineup for today. He's in the lineup with a lot of other regulars. And when he was in the lineup Tuesday, Moore and I saw him just obliterate a baseball. Yeah. 111 miles an hour. And, yeah, it'll be nice to catch. Up with him, he was scratched a little bit early. You know, just nothing, nothing serious. Just a. a... It's interesting that he keeps playing in the home games.
0: Yep. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. If there's anything to that. <laughs> That's called the bet. Scratched on a couple of those road trips. <laughs> Seems to have no problems playing in the home games. Yeah. So, uh, yes, we Smart. will. Uh, we'll see Tay Oscar today and have a little conversation with him, and then uh, Jerry Depoto, of course, at eight thirty this morning as well. I I have to say we have an edit to our schedule. Larry Salk will join us tomorrow. The cold weather. <laughs> I'm sorry. The poor man is on blood thinners. He decided he was not up for it. Oh, I think Larry gets a pass. He gets a pass. Yeah, Just
1: building w- the anticipation for this, right? I know. <laughs> I
0: would normally be here to make fun of him for bailing on coming out in the cold. But That's after a bad the heart move. attack, That's a bad move. he's got the blood thinners. Yep. I think it's uh, we're going to have to let it go. So he'll be here tomorrow <laughs> okay. uh, along with Jane. So it'll be a, a big Salk day. Is uh, Do we know any
2: more about uh, Coach and, and Peg? Uh, some travel issues getting into uh, Phoenix last night. The rain. Yeah. The, well, the 50-mile-an-hour winds at mm. times as well. So, yeah. yeah, they had to derail to Vegas. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. So it's been a long travel journey for Pegamites. All so. right. So
0: we'll, we'll maybe hear from them today and yeah. see what their situation might be. But yep. there there may be a big Salk-Huward clan <laughs> meeting uh, here in Peoria, which would be, <laughs> I don't know, pretty darn exciting. A summit of sorts. A, a summit. Yes, I yeah. think that's a good – yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It'd be like uh, – anyway. All right. <laughs> The Mariners seem to just keep hitting back-to-back home runs. Yep. And when they hit it a couple of days ago, it was Teoscar and Ty France. We noticed. People in Seattle took notice. I don't know whether the national media started drooling over anything involving those two guys. Uh Uh-huh. But yesterday? When Julio? When Julio and Jared... Went back-to-back, all of a sudden, Peter Gammons is tweeting about it. Mm -hmm. Buster Olney is sending out uh, retweets of those home runs. Mm -hmm. It just sort of piques people's interest a little bit more, especially because, let's face it, For Buster and Peter Gammons and people like them, we are way out in the hinterlands, right? They're not spending a lot of time thinking about it. But the idea of some promising uprising from last year's playoff team, I don't think they realize just how important a Jared Kelnick uh, arrival would be for this team and what it would do for an offense that is the only real major question mark on this group. But I'll tell you what, Julio's was impressive because he missed it, right? I mean, he caught it off the end of the bat and was just so freaking strong that he was able to muscle it out to left field. Jared going the other way against the lefty? On an no two? I mean, and I'm not telling you Rowenas Elias is, you know, God's gift at this point in his career. But either way, that's he a left. for
2: Providence. Let's mm-hmm. be clear.
0: That is a that is a lefty with legitimate, yep. you know, actual major league experience over the course of like a decade. And Kelnick waited on him and took him deep to left field yep. the other way with all kinds of pop. So again, not crowning him. I know there's some people right now throwing things at their radio and Mike, you do this every year. <laughs> like all right, I get it. There's nothing else the man can do other than take O two pitches to left field for home runs. Yes, he's doing what you want him to do. And
2: by the way, God's gift did play for Providence, Justin. He was a basketball player. That was his actual real name. Was God's oh, gift? Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So if you're wondering what for the Providence, heck, what the heck just came out of his mouth? <laughs> that's, perfect. Uh, that's what that it was, was. God sham God. Oh, was it God Sham God? God's Gift
0: played for the dub Oh, was that true? Yeah. Dude, get your God straight. <laughs> God Sham God? You know, I really, God I tr- drink. God Sham God oh. absolutely played for, yeah, for Providence. Providence. Yes. And God's or gift. URI, one or the other. Yeah, And God's Gift, I believe, was a Husky. Was a
2: Husky? I think he was yeah. coming Te- to the Huskies. Text story, let us know about that. But I will say this about Peter and Buster. You know where I think some of that is built upon? Obviously, Kilnick was a top 10 pick. He was traded with Cano. He, he's a no-name to those guys oh, in that's baseball. True. There's a Mets factor. There's man. a little bit of a Mets factor, but I think it is also, hey, hold on a second. These Mariners, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because they have produced some young difference makers. Uh, Julio uh, is a young difference maker. Logan and Kirby are young difference makers. Like, these guys have shown a propensity in their development of these players that uh, they, can, they can develop their own. And a couple people oh, – Oh, and oh, by the way, did I mention Cal Raleigh and how many times his name has been mentioned by his teammates here <laughs> and his peers here in that moment last season and how much love they have for him? So I think the national guys are starting to give this organization, rightfully so, because they've done it not once, not twice, not three times, but they've done it with some of their young players, Mike, that have realized the the potential and talent. And as we have said for four days now, if Kalanick does that and if he can hit lefties. Holy cow. He doesn't even need to. He doesn't do that need. This year. To. I think that's the but thing that's so crazy. To, he doesn't need to. he doesn't even need to hit left. If he, can no hit. one's even
0: asking him to do that.
2: But if he can hit, all right. If he can with hit with his speed in the lineup and not having a platoon and having a, uh, if he can hit. Uh, look out. I know. It is, it is such a We're going to have to check back in maker. with your guy uh, Zimbrowski from Zips. Zimbrowski? <laughs> Zimborski. <laughs> Zimborski. Yeah. Zimbrowski. Dude, if Sorry. he's
0: able to do that, it's a, yep. it's an entirely different baseball team. Yep. So A uh, bunch of text messages. Salk's mock listener voice coming out a little early today. <laughs> I love Peoria texter voice. Uh, thank you for bringing the cold weather down here. No problem. We got you. Very cool that JK... No, we're not calling him JK anymore. No no, 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 no. Very cool that Kelnick hit an opposite field home run. If he can handle low and away, he'll be on to something. All right. I mean, again, like, I, I don't, I'm not sure I understand the desire to hear that Jared Kelnick did something good and immediately talk about the things he hasn't done. Have well. you checked
2: out his heat maps?
0: <laughs> I, I don't look at the heat maps. No. Well, there's no maybe, heat right now. Maybe any, <laughs> can we get ourselves a heat map out here to just warm things up a little bit? All right. Uh, Paul Sewald coming up in 20 minutes after everything you need to know next. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com. Need to know.
2: 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what
0: you need to know. Up first. Life is always how you choose to look at it. So yes, Brock, it was another loss yesterday for the Mariners, but overall. It's a pretty darn good day. Let's start on the mound. Robbie Ray, absolutely dominant over three innings. Struck out five. Only allowed two base runners and was downright filthy. That is awesome news for another guy that had a good year last year. It wasn't bad, but if you were to get Robbie Ray from two years ago, it would be just another amazing situation for this team moving forward. As for the bats, well, the two guys at the top sure had nice afternoons. That would start with Julio Rodriguez.
2: Here's the next
0: pitch. Julio skies one. Left field. It's deep. It's got some carry. The wind's got a hold of it. And there it goes. A home run for Julio
1: Rodriguez.
0: Julio gets the Mariners on the board. It's 5-1 Chicago here in the fifth. They got a 1-1 pitch. And, and then a few minutes later, Jared Kelnick followed it right up with a back-to-back job. Here's Kelnick, a high drive, left center field. That baby's going to carry out
2: onto the berm. J.K. with a home run, his third of the season. Back-to-back home runs for the Mariners here in the fifth. It's 5-2 Cubs.
0: Well, that certainly got people interested, right? If Jared Kelnick and Julio Rodriguez are both going to do what they were born to do, that makes this Mariner lineup awfully special. Two hit day for Kelnick Two hit day for AJ Pollock as well. And today, Brock Logan Gilbert yeah. make his first start of the spring against San Diego. They've been holding him and George Kirby back a little bit, try to take some of the wear and tear off their arms. Do
2: we learn anything about Robbie's splitter? Did we did. We'll ask Jerry Depoto a little bit about it in a couple hours. Did we see? Did that play a little he bit did of bring it out? Yeah. Bit, yeah. yeah talked about uh, what that's kind of sitting in the low it's 80s a tunneling situation brock is it it's about tunneling oh very good yeah he can tunnel now both directions out of the same arm slot and i know it is spring training but i will say this as well this whole let's protect jared let's put him in his lane let's give him every he's, and that's not been the case he's been hitting the middle lineup yesterday he hit right behind julio rodriguez in the lineup I know that it could be a totally different story come regular season because the regular season is not the spring season, but just the way he's carrying himself, just the way he's hitting, and the Goapo Taco on an O2, uh, that's pretty impressive. It's just tunneling, Brock's no big deal. Appreciate it. It's just tunneling, it's just a kicker.
0: <laughs> Here's the second thing you need to know. <laughs> NFLPA released its grades yesterday for each team in the NFL, and the Seahawks fared pretty well, a b plus that was eleventh in the league. players surveyed generally liked the facility they felt that ownership was willing to invest It has good food, but they were dinged for the weight room, lack of first class seats for travel all right overall positive report yep a little surprised by the travel, considering they used to have their own private plane and also how far they have to go compared to the rest of the league but I will admit, I I kind of expected them to be a little higher. We talk all the time about this magnificent facility and the the banks of the lake and this and that. And I had talked to somebody about that last year who works in that business of of architecture and said, it's kind of getting past a little bit. He said it was state-of-the-art when it was built, but it's now been, what, almost 20 years? 15 years? Uh. Or... It's been almost 20 years. Golly, right? Yeah, and that's cool. not to say that it's a lousy facility. It's not. The VMAC really is nice, but you got to put a new coat of paint on just about everything. I told you I was yep. at the Luxor or at the, uh, Luxor, the Bellagio this year, the Bellagio needed a fresh coat of paint. Yep. I mean, it, you know, it may be time for them
2: to just kind of you know, pick it up a notch. Yeah, I think one of the challenges in that survey is you travel from Seattle. Good luck. Well, but then all the more reason to have first class. Well, first they class did seats. that. They used to have that with Paul Allen, and it was his private jet and everything else. And, and it was nice. But, yeah, I, complaining because you don't get to sit in some of the first class seats and the coaches do. Wham, wham, wham. Wow. I, I, that surprises me a little bit. I think that if other teams are doing uh, it, if, you could do it. You know
0: what? I Dallas, have, by the way, number one on this yeah. list. They got an A+. plus. No surprise. The bottom of the league. <laughs> Commanders, Jaguars, Bengals, Cardinals, yeah. all receiving failing grades. Boy, I'm surprised the Cardinals are on that list. I always think so much of that organization, their ownership group, their coaches, the players, really the way they treat their fan base. The Red Sea, going to be very angry. You know what they're going to do in retaliation? Part, because that's what the Red Sea does. Here's the third thing you need to know. All right, trade deadline tomorrow in the NHL. The Kraken have yet to really get active. By all accounts, they are one of the biggest wild cards as they're in position for the playoffs now and could capitalize on this crazy seller's market because of their great depth. So they could kind of go in every direction. I don't really see them adding any superstars or anything like that, but they may be able to move some pieces around. A couple of names to watch for me would be Susie, Borgen, Geeky, three guys that they could potentially part with without hurting their team too
2: much and maybe get something legitimate back for them. They'll get back to it tonight against Detroit. And the combine, actually, it's been ongoing all week. We've heard press conferences and meetings and interviews, but today... Today it begins. Today, Olympics. Uh, today the big boys start running and jumping. Tyree Wilson will bench press. Uh, he's had very positive reviews in all of his interviews and everything else. He will not run. He will not jump. But plenty of these other defensive ends, these pass rushers, these guys at the Seahawks need both at five, need at number twenty, need in the second round. We'll get to work in the big D linemen, start the process here pretty quickly. All
0: right, that is everything you need to know. Quarter past every hour here on the new Brock and Salk show. Yeah, that will be fun. It feels like it's been sort of yeah a story that hasn't quite gotten going. And today, well, well he, like the so NFL, Jalen Carter makes it back for uh, it. If you're him, do you? So he was booked last night. Night, right. And then posted bail 10, 15 minutes later. So he's yep. out. Yep. Uh, and again, only misdemeanor charges, no felony charges. It sounds bad, but he's not being accused of murder or manslaughter or anything like that. And he
2: and his attorneys say they will be fully exonerated here pretty quickly. Oh, interesting.
0: Well, I mean, even if he's not fully exonerated, again, misdemeanor, very, very different situation from a felony. I think
2: he said he's not going to work out anyway. So okay. I think he, the hay is in the but barn. But does he,
0: does he just not even go
2: back? Yeah, he's now so. got to
0: figure out, get a story right and all that. Yeah, they
2: did the interviews. They did the physicals. They did those things. So I don't think there's any purpose for him to go back. I don't think he wants to put on any more show or need any more cameras in his face. Yeah. He's going he's to work out at his pro day. So he will not. Will Anderson, how much is he going to do? We will keep our eyes on him. And, yeah, many of these other defensive ends and pass rushers and D-tackles that have been attached here. Today's a big day for them. Today is a day. Where in and I you know, I think over the over the years I've learned, maybe morphed a little bit. I don't just get so overwhelmed, like, Oh my gosh, she ran four four first round. But you match it up and you pair it up with what you have seen on tape and does that match up and with Manti Teo it did not. And when he went out there and had so much production in college and he runs a four nine forty, you're like yeah, that doesn't really match up. Something's amiss here. Or that guy jumps 26 inches. Or he's pretty stiff. Or there's some things there that the production far outweighed the athleticism. Or vice versa. The athleticism far outweighs any level of production. So, yeah, you're just trying to figure that out. And today will be the first big piece and big data point at a position of significant need for your Seahawks. What, what kind of camo is that, Justin? I was trying to figure that out. I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> we it was... saw, I we heard saw someone... a little camo it shirt like walk by. It's,
1: it's Bryce Miller I heard someone reference him wearing duck blind gear. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah.
2: Is that Sitka gear? I couldn't tell. I
0: couldn't oh, really? see if it was Kuyu gear. I, it, okay. I Why don't you go in there and see if you can figure it out when we come back? I think his hat was a pheasant. Oh, a pheasant? A pheasant? Oh, really? Ooh. Like from like uh, a corduroy hat with a pheasant in flight? <laughs> Whoa! I thought you meant like from uh, Letterkenny. He's always called oh, him no, a pheasant. No, Not no. that kind of. No, fight. no, no, no. All right, I was just checking. All right, coming up Good next. Mustache, if though. you like, if you like pitching and you would like to hear how the Mariners pitching staff functions, and you would like to hear what it is that takes a guy like Paul Sewald, who looks like dad, and turns him into one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball, stick around, because I think you're really going to like our interview with Paul. It's coming up next. It's Brock and Salk in Peoria, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com.
1: This, this is Brock and Saul. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app.
0: All right, rolling along here at our uh, spring training coverage. All thanks to Kitsap Credit Union and Alaska Airlines and Paul Seawald, Mariners Reliever, sitting down with us right now. It's always hard with you guys, all you relievers. There's no closer. There's no setup guy. There's no specialty. You're all just Mariners Relief. Just reliever. I love it Relief so much. Relief pitcher. I I've told this to Brock before, but years ago my demo tape to get hired in radio was me talking about how closer by committee should work. And how, you know, you have to change the names and you're not the closer, you're the ace of my bullpen and you're my lefty specialist or whatever. And here we are, it's two thousand twenty three. Nobody even talks about it anymore. It's just normal what you guys do.
1: Yeah. I think You know, there was this stigma that was created when when they created the closer in the first place. And then, you know, that's your best reliever. You pitch him in the ninth and the game's over. Um, And then, you know, this is just analytics have changed everything that we've done. They start looking at how many games you lost in the seventh and eighth before your closer pitched. Hey, maybe we ought to throw our best reliever in the seventh (laughs) or the eighth (laughs) inning. Uh, So then we actually get him in the game instead of waiting for the ninth inning. And then he doesn't give a chance. So, um, you know, I, I think we're as good as anybody in the league at matching up who needs to pitch in which situation to to get the most out of our out of our group. I guess the counter to that would
2: be, well, what about roles? Yeah. Isn't it also great in a team dynamic and in the bullpen and isn't also have, you know, great defined roles that you're going to be this guy and you're going to be that guy?
1: So how do you marry those? There are roles. Now, there's not roles on television when you watch on Root Sports, but there's roles in our scouting report Or, or that listen like, this here is on Seattle Sports. sports. You're,
0: huh? you're or listen, let's be clear, listen on the radio. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, yes. Cool just want to make sure you got
1: that out there <laughs> when you are watching or listening to the game you don't understand the role but we know our roles before the series starts brock you are you are you match up really well against these four hitters when these guys come up in any situation you're going to be our guy That sort of thing so i you know your role before the series starts maybe the viewer or the listener doesn't know you know, what that role is from week to week, but we know our role. So like no one gets caught off guard when that phone rings, it's like Festa, you're in the game. Festa knew he was gonna face these guys in this situation. It's not you are the seventh inning guy, you are the eighth inning guy, you are the closer, but it is you are this group. Yeah. Huh. This is when you're fine. You're the Greg Olson guy. This
0: or uh, Matt Olson, excuse me. Yes. You're the Matt Olson guy, yes. right? Didn't you have Matt Olson for an entire series, every, couple years? Ago? Every series, right? every time we played, you're uh, the Matt Olson guy. Yes. So you know, when Facebook. he's up, yes. get ready. And yeah. he hated so, you. He <laughs> probably did. Yeah, how like, many
1: times did you no. get? Oh, yeah, Look at this it was, guy. Uh, Again. It seemed every time. It seemed. I mean, you know, when you start playing only one run games, it seemed to. I seem to get in there quite often. Yeah. No, it but that's that's how you have those rules is. It's not – there's not a name, but we know our – they like to call them pockets or, like, the groups you're going to face. So you know in this kind of score, this group, this is what I'm picking So so here's a little challenge now this year, and I'm
0: kind of curious to hear from your perspective. I was talking to Terry – I ran into Terry Franconios before the game, and he was saying, hey, one of the things about this pitch clock is I used to be able to start getting somebody warmed up in the bullpen and then say, hey, hold off. Don't get hot yet. If I need to slow the game down before you come in, I'll slow it down and then bring you in. You can't do that anymore. So what does that mean for you guys? Do you have to warm up quicker? Do you have to stay hot longer? How will it
1: affect you? Yeah, I think everyone's going to have to figure out exactly what they do. Now, I am a, okay, you're up. Like, I, I throw a couple throws standing up, and then it's like I just throw as many pitches as I can to get loose really quickly. And then I can, like throw two pitches every batter or something like that as, as the inning goes on and we start to score four so, or five So runs. if you
0: get a call and say, hey, Paul, we're going to need you soon, how long do you need from
1: that time until the time you're ready to go in the game? Uh, five, like four or five minutes? Four or five minutes. Yeah. That's pretty quick. I mean, when you look down there, all of us start warming up in the fourth inning. There's jogging. There's weighted balls going on. There's bands. Like, no one's just, for the most part, just sitting on the bench kind of having seeds, gum, you know, Talking, and then it's like, oh, I'm in the game. Like, I didn't even realize this would be my second. That goes back to, like, hey, I kind of know my role on the team, and I pitch in these games and I pitch against these guys. Like, there's a lot of preparation that goes into it. So, for the most part, everyone's fairly ready when their name is called. So, it doesn't really take them, you know, 10, 15 minutes to get ready.
2: And that's a little more series by series rather than just night by night.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, I'd say that's pretty accurate. You know, every, you know, we play the Angels. This, maybe you match up really well maybe you have stuff that matches up really well with Mike Trout. Like, you know, obviously I'd I'd like to avoid Mike Trout as often as I can, but maybe (laughs) your stuff really matches up well with him. And maybe you wouldn't face another two, three, four, because your stuff Hmm. doesn't really match up with them. That sort of thing you got to go into and try and figure out like, okay, like maybe I need to be ready for Shohei and Trout against the Angels. But when we play, Houston, maybe, maybe Jordan and Bregman aren't the guys that I'm going to face. And that's, you know, that's part of our scouting report meetings. What in the world matches up well with Mike Trout? I, I've yet to see what that is. That yeah. track man thing back uh, yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Putting him on first and then getting the next <laughs> guy is, uh, is usually the best plan. Um, no, he's, he, and you know, it, I've only been here a couple of years, and it just seems that he, you know, he's already Superman, and he turns into extra Superman against us. So, um, yeah, get, have, facing him with nobody on is the best recipe to face Mike Trout.
2: You know, it's been a fun conversation, uh, Paul Seawall here with us, and, and everybody that sat down with us. We've asked the same thing. We'll get to this upcoming season. We'll ask you about projecting ahead, but it is still fun for us and our audience to reflect back on last season. And and I think we've asked just about, or I have just about everybody. What was your moment? Like when you look back and you know, and you're our age, which. You know, you're a long ways away from. You get to our age, and you think back to that, wow, that 22 season, that moment that's crystallized in your memory banks forever.
1: Yeah. Um, the playoff series was great, beating beating Toronto and advancing. That's the whole point is you want to advance in the playoffs. But Cal's homer will always be the moment, I think, anyone who's been a Seattle sports fan for a long time. That's the, like, moment. Um, Where were you? Cool. I, I was in the bullpen, and I was not pitching that day. I pitched two games in a row, and they're like, You're not going to pitch today No matter what Like We have four or five games We feel very confident You know We are going to get there You're not going to pitch today No matter what So I really got to be a viewer And a fan um, And just watching the pen And we just You know He hit it And it was It was just disbelief It almost was um, I mean It was was pretty storybook As anyone who was there Or watched it Listened to it The whole thing You're just like of course, Cal hits a homer to as a walk-off homer. Why would we not play a one-run game and hit a walk-off homer and uh, and win that way? That that'll be forever. That's the moment the drought ended. That's the moment we had been talking about for. You know, for the two years that I've been here, and I'm sure plenty before that, and um, that just felt that sense of relief and that excitement to, uh, to pop champagne with everybody was was pretty amazing. So everybody has said that, by the way. That seems
0: that <laughs> moment seems to have been uh, the. Scott, didn't, he
1: didn't remember it because oh. remember he's he <laughs>
0: got a little fuzzy on you know, what happened <laughs> over the rest of that night. Yeah. Scott
1: doesn't doesn't remember anything that happened after <laughs> that for sure. <laughs> How appropriate was it that it was Cal? Gosh, would it like? what a season of this like you know he starts out we have three catchers are not playing very often none of them are really feeling good about themselves because we're just trying to figure out what's going to happen um he's the only one with options so we sent him down right tom gets hurt three four days later and he gets called up not because he made adjustments in AAA, but out of necessity of well you're the only other catcher we have available you are catching <laughs> from now on um and you kind of saw it come up like, oh, back. he. You could see that he, he really did want to get things fixed in Triple A and come back more confident, but he didn't really have time to do that. And um, I'll never forget it was in it was in New York. He hit a bomb off of I can't remember who he hit a bomb off of, it. and it was like you just sent, saw the sense like, oh, like I can do this. Yep. And then the next the next night we faced Gosman, and he had as good a stuff as anybody in the big leagues, and he had two like 110 mile hour flyouts, like just missed him, and it's like. No, no, no. Take that as a confidence booster. Like, you know, you could have punched out three times against Gosman and no one would have batted an eye. Like, hey, man, it's just, just one of those nights. But you put together good at-bats back-to-back nights. Tomorrow, just put together another one. A little hit, and then it just kind of like, kind of just started to steamroll for him. And and next thing you know, he's arguably the best hitting catcher in baseball last year. It was crazy. One of the cool things that Scott did answer is, and from his perspective as the
2: skipper and the lenses that he looks through and the optics he has with you guys, is he said, you know, there is a different confidence, and we feel it around here because that 20 years is over, and you're not asked about it all the time, and he's not
1: asked about it. Yet at the same time, how do you navigate? We haven't arrived. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we everyone in there is humble. Like we got swept in the last three games of the season. No matter how you look at it, we were very close. We st- we lost all three games to those guys. Um, then they went on to win the World Series, and so there's there's still that humble hurdle that like we are not better than the Astros until we prove that we are better than the Astros. So until. We go further than the playoffs in them this year. They are still ahead of us, whether I think our team matches up with them or not. Like that's just the way it works. Until you mm-hmm. knock off the Kings, yep. you're not there. Um, so that sense of motivation and like just being humble about like we we're we're a really good team. We have just as good a team as anybody in the American League, but. Until you, until we, you know, go to the postseason and we get further than everybody else, that that you think that you guys are as good out. as Houston? Uh, I do think we are good as Houston. I think we're three pitches away from sweeping them in the playoffs last year. If you look at it correctly, three pitches. I get Payne out in game one. We win game one. You know they have to face Luis Castillo down 0-1. Maybe Jordan doesn't you know pop up that ball to left field and we win game two and then we come home like and in an 18 innings if we get a big hit anywhere in there. We don't go to the 18th inning and we win there. Like, and that should have, could have, would have. That but, pitch to Peña is not a bad pitch either. That's got I it mean, wasn't. It that, wasn't. That but like, stinks. There's that a, that lot, a lot. was six to it. inches outside. There's a lot. To, but I'm just saying, three pitches. Three pitches. That's all. That's all it took, and we could have swept them. How frustrating! And we would have. We would have. I think we would have beat the Yankees. How frustrating is it to throw a good pitch and then have that happen? I mean, you just have you to throw to, a lot of pitches right down the middle and gotten out right. So game. you have to think that <laughs> like, way, right? It's, like it's, it's, it's just the way it works. It's just the way it goes more like the walk was probably worse as anyone as you'd ask anybody in here the walk was probably worse but when we talk about one pitch one pitch that's all I'd, all i had to do was get a little bit further outside something like that and he gets out we win game one and we are you know we feel great about going into game two instead of like we had him and we lost it, and then we have Castillo going to try and save us type of thing. We've talked a lot about
0: dealing with failure in this game. We, we talked to Jared Kelnick about it quite a bit when he was in. Man, by the way, I, I'm kind of I love Kelnick. I just love the way he approaches baseball oh, bad and just crush. I do. Yeah, there's a bunch of guys on this team I really like for different reasons. I love watching Castillo pitch. Uh, I mean, we all sort of fell in love with Julio today as we were staring into his big green eyes. Um, I mean, like, but uh, there's something about the way Jared thinks through the game that I really appreciate. And, and I think it runs contrary maybe to what his reputation is outside of the game, yeah. where I think people kind of see him and see a meathead. And when you talk to him, my God, the, the, it's exactly the opposite. But, you know, thinking about it, and we talked to Colton Wong about the fact that when he was young, he was picked off in the World Series, ended a game, and he really went through it afterwards. How did you learn to deal with
1: some of the struggles of this game and the ups and downs? Um, just trying to be consistent in forgetting what happened yesterday whether it's good or bad especially as a relief pitcher like if i blew the game the night before i'm still probably going to get called tomorrow to do the same thing i may have to save the game tomorrow and if i'm still worrying about last night's loss and it carries over now i've really let my teammates down by not being prepared as they battle again to get us a lead now it's one thing if it happens like you know there's plenty of failure and no one's going to look at at you the wrong way but if you know if you st- if they start to feel like Paul's giving up on us because of this happening. That's that I can't Ooh. live with. So for me, it doesn't matter if I went one, two, three and punched out the side or blew the save. I really have to forget about yesterday because as a relief pitcher, I'm more than called upon again tonight. So um, now. Was I good at that when I first got to the Big Leagues? Absolutely not. And that's, you know, that's something that I've gotten better at and start, really tried to work at is that, like, whatever happened yesterday, there's literally nothing I can do about it. I just have to be ready to go today.
2: Any evolution of your game for this upcoming season? We've heard a lot of talk about Logan's Ghost Forkball. We've talked about the little cutter for Brash, the driveline work. Is there anything in your game that you know, we'll be able to,
1: to see or feel a little bit differently? Yeah, no, I didn't make any drastic changes. There's no cool new pitch. Um... Since I've come over here I've thrown fastballs at the top of the zone And spun sliders As hard as I can And it's worked really well For me what's, If it's not broke Don't fix it But I need to get better At doing that mm-hmm. So that's my main focus Is that I do two things I need to be the best In baseball At doing those two things That's that's how I looked At the offseason That's how I look At spring training um, When I do those things I'm one of the best pitchers In baseball When I don't You know I fall back So the more I can do that The more times I can be An elite reliever out there Have you gone into The traject machine To face yourself I have not You know I, I really wanted to last year, and it, you know, there's a lot going on in spring training. I'll make sure that I get in there. Um, but it's funny, JD's like, you guys need to get in there because your confidence levels are going to be through the roof yeah. if you have to see um, I, a couple of guys, a couple of guys that have. Shannon said Munoz went in there and was like, yeah. "Oh, that's how hard I throw." Yeah, it's a bullet, it's an absolute <laughs> bullet. Yes. Um, it was funny. Somebody, somebody, <laughs> when they put my arm slot where it was, they thought the machine was broken. It was like, no way, he releases from down there, and that's where that's really? where I throw from. It's yeah. that low. Yep. Yeah.
0: It's funny, I mean watching you pitch it doesn't look I mean it's not like watching Dan Quisenberry or yeah. something or Chad Bradford
1: or one of those guys, but it yeah. really is that It's low. not submarine, it's but it's throwing overhand as low as I can. Huh. That's kinda how I how did you develop that? It. Um just kinda like I mean, kind of just my arm is getting more tired as I get older, so it kind of drops a little bit more every year. Uh, but partly, you know, when they're, you know, when I made this change of trying to throw the ball, the fastball up, I just was really having trouble with it in 21 spring training, and I was like, I don't understand how to throw down on a mound and throw the ball up. That just doesn't really make any sense to me. Um, and we go to the alt side, and I'm really still working on it. And I was throwing long toss, and the guy I was playing catch with. was like, well, that's like that's the carry that they're looking for when they talk about this stuff. And I was like, all right, so. I have to throw the ball up at 120 feet. So, like, how do I throw the ball up from 60 feet down a mound? And it kind of just – I was just trying to make this, like, get under the ball and push it up sort of thing. Um, Work that day and have a look back. He's going to be in baseball,
0: don't you think? I don't think so. No, I think uh-huh. he's going to be doing what we're doing, or something like. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be color commentary, no. studio analysis, or hosting a talk show.
1: I'm told you're a Colin Cowherd guy. I am. I am every every day. My my <laughs> wife gets so annoyed that we have Colin Cowherd from nine to every day in the off season. Um, now, she, are you a hot take guy? Uh, I don't think I'm necessarily a hot take guy, but I just I enjoy his views, and I, I just enjoy the way he you know he has great people on sometimes. You know, Brock may one of those guys that comes on. I enjoy those segments. Um, you know, so I just, I mean, I'm a sports junkie. I've been yeah. my whole life when, like, we always watch sports in my house when I'm in charge of the remote. So, and, you so know, when, when you're
0: done up. here, right when, when baseball's finally over, darkness retreat for yeah. you <laughs> to try to figure out what comes next, like Aaron Rodgers? i going to be a hard pass
1: on the darkness
2: retreat. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: Green Bay's got their hands full with Oof. that situation. Uh, I don't envy them. No, probably no darkness retreats. Um, I don't know what... You know, I'm lucky enough that I don't really have to worry about Plan B just yet. Baseball is yep. going just fine for me, yes. so uh, I'll worry about that when that when that bridge comes. Well,
0: in ten years, at 43 or Perfect. whatever it is, when Perfect. you're when you're finally ready to hang them up after a long and storied career full of uh, what is it, Rolades reliever of the year? Mm. They still do that, Rolades? probably not. <laughs> and then uh, you know, World Series banners <laughs> yes. and everything else. Yes, call us. That works. Brock and I'll be ready to retire. Yeah. Perfect. And you can take over <laughs> the show. Right oh, absolutely,
1: absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> Paul. Uh, Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Continue. Good luck. It's great to be on with you guys. He's fun, man.
0: Got, yeah. a, got, a, got a a lot of nice things to I say. told you guys over a sushi last law. night,
2: that one, like, perception to the reality it may have skewed me the most. Just yeah. from afar. Just watching him from afar. I've not met him before. Just thinking, like, a lot of these re- relievers. He's pretty robotic, pretty routine, pretty a newest thing, and maybe not a lot of... See, I'm surprised lot. you would think that with
0: the whole, like, wave to his wife and, you know, the throwing his glove that time and celebration. Yeah. I and, mean, like, he does kind of a whole thing out on the mound to celebrate, like, yeah, I mean, he, he's got some stuff going you know, on. He's got, he, he
2: got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. And I'll tell you what he did. He triggered some thought. And, you know, you have brought this up with Pete Carroll a few different times. And that was a fun little conversation about roles, right, and what is your role and having a defined role on a team. And everybody buys into their role. And for so long in these major league, you know, dugouts and bullpens, it's you're the 7th, you're the 8th, you're the ninth, and he kind of just shed some great light into how analytics have changed that. And, so, like, you've always been a proponent. Well, what if your offensive line... Instead of having just these guys, right, got to have a role, got to have continuity, got to have consistency. And I was thinking, now, here's the challenge with it, though. Like, Walter Jones could have played every one of them. Maybe not. Yeah. yeah, He could have probably snapped, too. But you could have moved him anywhere. So you want to play Aaron Donald at end? You want to play him at tackle? Then just move your best lineman around. Why is a guard got to be a guard and a tackle, a tackle? See, that's not really what my... I know you want run pass right to me it's more situational
0: like okay this is my better run blocking guard let's put him in this is my better pass blocking guard let's put him in on third down and it's so funny I always hear people be like oh what what happens if you want to run on third down like Well, that's not like the pass-blocking guard's incapable of run-blocking. He's just better at it the same way a lefty's capable of facing a righty. It's just better to have him face a lefty. So I think eventually that will happen in the NFL. I I predict that eventually that will happen in the NFL. Fifteen years ago, the idea of closer by committee was still being not just laughed at, Mocked. I mean, it treated like the dumbest thing in the world that could never work because the first time anybody tried it, they got three lousy relievers and all of them stunk. Mm-hmm. And that's not, the you know, it was a problem of talent, not a problem of idea. Give Scott a lot of credit. They have been on the cutting edge of figuring out how to best use their bullpen to the point where. It now goes well year after year. It's not one up, one down, one up, one down, which you see in bullpens a lot around the league. They've got guys in the position that they're comfortable in. It seems to be working pretty darn
2: well. And you you go into every series and every matchup knowing, all right, here are my guys. You know, this is going to be attack mode, whatever inning I'm in. So that was, yeah, he was was a fun guy, man. He had, and I I said it to some of the Mariners PR today, 14 years here, man, we have not had this likable a team. For 14 years, every time Salk says, ooh, Yeah, I kind of like this team because it's his happy place. I mean, that's true. It's your happy place. I like it here a lot. And hope springs eternal in Peoria, Arizona, especially for Mike Salk. And now it is warming up a little bit, which is also great. But we have not seen a team that likes one another as much as this group you does. Want,
0: I agree with you. We're going to talk a little bit more about this group and what makes them, you know, what they could do coming up here in about 10 minutes. But I wanted to read you something that I read yesterday. Kind of curious
2: your reaction to this. Is this your breaking news no, from this I will morning? No, I'll get to my breaking news. We do have, we have significant. Major Mora breaking news. Show breaking news. <laughs> oh, major breaking news boy. about Mora Duel. That, honest to God, no matter what Please you and we I, have I say today.
0: something about Mora Duel. No
2: matter what you and I say. No matter how brilliant Tay Oscar is, and right. Jerry just, you know, <laughs> weaves poetic, there is nothing, right. nothing that any listener will remember it's any true. more than the news that Salk will That's share true. in, what, eight minutes? I, I'll share it at 7 o'clock. You yeah. might, 7 o'clock.
1: Might be overselling selling it. No, it's
0: 7 o'clock. Hope
2: Springs Eternal. Pretty
0: big news about Morris' <laughs> future. Pretty, pretty big. i saying. Yeah. No, I wanted to read this to you. we got like a minute and a half. Let me read this to you. All right. This is from ESPN yesterday. The new rules in baseball seem to be working. Runs. And batting average were both up through the first wave of games compared to the same spring training amount of games last year. Okay. Players are hitting 272 league average right now, up from 259 a year ago. That is a significant jump yes, in is. overall average. Yep. Run scoring is also up 11.9 runs per game right now, up from 10.6. That's combined runs per game, not what each right. team is scoring. That's significant. Game time, meanwhile, down 20 minutes from last year yep i gotta tell you those feel like exactly the numbers baseball's looking for it feels like they're looking for about 15 points in batting average about a run per game Mm -hmm. and about 20 minutes of time saved yep that seems like right on par with what they were looking you know and and
2: and yesterday after the show one of my buddies from euphreda who's a major league uh, umpire now great guy uh was umping the game here with the padres yesterday texting hey you want to catch up And I was picking his brain, and he said so clearly, and I know this has been shared, but, you know, just from his perspective, too. Like this isn't, hey, what do we think about tweaking this rule? Or what about this replay system? Or what about remember they were thinking about the exchange a few years ago? Uh-uh. This is like we are doing this. And he said the commitment that baseball is making from the inside, every team is making, management is making, it has been uber impressive yeah. from his perspective. And they are going they are not like, oh, month in, this isn't quite working. No, 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 no. We are invested. We are doing this. We've done it through the minor leagues, as Jeff Passon said, it will be the most significant. Significant change to baseball in 50 years and through, what, seven, eight days of spring training data? I
0: know people are going to be happy about those 20 minutes. I'm happy about going from 259 to 272. Uh, Me too. And I know batting average is an old-school stat that nobody cares about anymore. I'm not using it as a tool for judging players, but I am going to use it as a tool for what the game looks like and getting more hits in the game.
2: More, more hits, yes. not just guys
0: on base. Hits. Yes. They take less time to watch than walks. They're more exciting than walks. Sometimes they make a guy go first to third on, like, a walk. There's a lot of good things about just getting more hits into the game, and I think we're getting a chance to see it. All right, coming up next. Speaking of commitment. Before I get hey. to the Mariners, wow.
2: you, you thought Salk's City story was good?
0: Wow. you have listened to this woo! show for the last year and a half, I can't woo! wait. you know that earlier in life, Maura Dooley, was a model mm. and she was starting to have some success and then eventually she found her way into radio i don't i got really, hungry I don't...
1: <laughs> that's what happened <laughs> nice like that that was really honestly a big well, part of it Well i'm
0: glad you said that well this. what a perfect lead in mora to the future of your modeling career <laughs> yep. you guys will hear major breaking news about mora's future next